0: hello guys welcome to the new episode of everyday trekkies yes i know this is unusual for everyday trekkies to be released on a saturday but it was the lower Decks finale and i had no other episodes planned for this saturday so i thought to release the finale today and you know make sure more and more people get the opportunity to watch star trek and get engulfed into the world of star trek and enjoy the series as we have enjoyed it this is going to be the last episode of the series and um we will not have any mid-weekly episodes anymore. I know Discovery is coming and uh, even we would have wanted to do weekly episodes for Discovery. But due to other commitments and time issues, things have not been, been possible. But you never know. We might come back for one special episode or another to discuss Star Trek because we can never forget Star Trek. But till then, enjoy this. And from next week onwards, we'll have a regular guests with uh, regular people discussing about life and other perspectives. Thank you, guys. Back to the episode. Welcome to the new episode of Everyday Trekkie, and I think this is the, not I think, this is the last episode of Lower Decks. Yes,
1: sadly, it is the last episode. Like 10 weeks, bro, already, like, we've been doing this for 10 weeks. Where did the time go?
0: Yeah, and I did not realize that I'll, you know, continue this through. I didn't know I had (laughs) the courage to, you know, record it, edit it the next day, release it on the third day. So I didn't... Know that I had the courage to do that, but yeah, this has been awesome. After all, it has been Star Trek, so Star Trek, what is it?
1: Yeah, I had fun. I mean, uh, but basically, I didn't have to do any of the work. That's why I guess I, I I just had a lot of fun doing all this. 2020 has been such a weird weird uh, year, you know. I can't believe like ten weeks have already gone, and we have like ten more weeks to look forward to.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discovery is starting, so that w- that is awesome. And yeah, truly said like you don't really realize how much time has passed during the lockdown. The world has remained same, has become worse, but Star Trek is bringing close to I us. God for Star Trek. And, you know, it's been improving on a day-to-day basis, on episode by episode basis. And, yeah, we'll jump into our first impressions, our scenes. There are lots of things to discuss. We'll go through it. The
1: Lord X season finale.
0: Yes, but as tradition goes, let's not forget it and talk about the IMDb description and see if any of it really, really helps in understanding for our viewers. But, okay, this is season 1 episode 10, the finale, called No Small Parts. And the IMDB description goes something like this. The USS Cerritos encounters a familiar enemy. Tendi helps a struggling recruit find her footing. A two-line description which does not do justice at all. At all to the episode.
1: Where is Rutherford, man? Where is Rutherford? He had the most important part to play in this episode.
0: Yes, where is Shaxx? Where is Boimler? Where is everybody? We'll come there one by one. But let's start with it. If you had to say, initial impressions, how was it?
1: I loved it. This was ridiculous because, like, Star Trek, uh, usually, you know, uh, all the shows, I tend to forgive the first two seasons because they're usually not very, you know, they're not great. And they only hit their stride in the third season. I've always said this. That's why, you know, Discovery third season, I'm so excited for it. uh, Because it's going to be, hopefully, even better than the last two seasons. But yeah, basically, so, you know, I tend to be more forgiving on Star Trek, uh, like, first seasons. But dude, like, this first season and especially this finale, it was so good. It was amazing. Uh, It was confident. It did not miss a beat. And. Also, it was it was probably one of the most beautiful episodes of Star Trek ever seen probably
0: yeah no doubt about that i absolutely agree it has been one of the best episodes if not the best in the entire season and i think one of the best star trek finales in general
1: yeah pretty much it's incredible what uh, you know the uh, showrunners the creators the animators everyone managed to do with this fairly ridiculous concept that started out because of one single episode of uh, the next generation
0: absolutely and it's shown through the entire series That everyone who has worked in it has or especially the writers who have worked in it you know love Star Trek to the core because you cannot find any other show which references so much material which brings in so much of Trek you know old Trek into this that you can't just say that you don't like it and it has been one of the best. IMDb ratings show that it has been highly rated. So I think people are liking it. Uh,
1: you know, the, when the theme song started for this episode, first of all, I was full on emotional. And but it it just struck me that uh, you know something so small that Gene uh, Roddenberry started with the original series and then the animated series. You know, they they ba- they barely had any budgets. They were making like um, shows on sets that belong to you know different shows because they could not afford to make their own set and from there we've come to here where you know we have like three different shows running right now there's like three more shows in production and it's such a big universe you know it's it's like look how far we've come it's amazing like uh, it's uh, i i i am so happy to be a star trek fan
0: yeah, true here, and I'll tell you one quick thing before we jump into the episode plot and all of that. These weekends, like after I watched the episode, I was really missing Star Trek, like I wanted something new. Because I watched everything, there's nothing left, we will have to wait for season 3 for Discovery, but come on, I needed something. So I went on online yeah. and I saw what was the best Star Trek game out there. Yeah, and i was like okay there is star trek online it's free to play as well i'm like yeah it's a rpg multiplayer online game and it was 300 mb i'm like what only 300 mb why not I-, I downloaded it on stream and then again a download button came i thought it was a small update and when i clicked that it was a 16 gb file. i think
1: i know where this is good. yeah this uh dude uh i don't i don't think i've told you but the exact same thing happened to me like i have had this exact exact same experience when i think a few months ago I, I think I told you about this like there, there was a thing like started online or something and I wanted to try it out I did the same thing uh, th- same thing I downloaded the th- 300 mb thing and then I, uh, when I, it was time to you know uh, download it again came to like this huge file and by that time I just basically gave up
0: yeah me too like you know yesterday what happened i downloaded like six giga uh, six gb's and i don't know from where what happened my laptop just shut off and i was like damn and you know i thought you know being a smart steam library Probably it will resume from where it is, but it had to start from the beginning and I lost it. I like, like I can't do it again. Probably on a weekend, I'll put it on in the morning because I really want to play that. I was looking at all the DLCs and all the packs and it was really amazing, but we are diverting quite a bit, but moving on to, you know, the initial scenes of the episode.
1: The cold open. Okay, so uh, the cold open is it's a direct reference to the TOS era. The so SeriTOS is back on beta three, and so uh, by TOS they, do you 3... mean those
0: old scientists or the original series? Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean those old scientists. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. They made such a like meta reference. It's it's beautiful. I love it. And with that, you know, you had also like uh, animated series Kirk and Spock uh, on the pad appear in the show, which is I think a beautiful homage. To you know, Star Trek's animated legacy. But yeah, basically, Captain Freeman and uh, you know, Ransom are on Beta Three, and they see that uh, the society on Beta Three has regressed back into you know their whole uh, purge, purging you know red hour thing because uh, Landru has taken over again. And then basically, Captain Freeman threatens Landru to you know don't uh, stop it or I'll uh, paradox you into uh, destroying yourselves. Which uh, It's a funny reference to the TOS era, but it also, you know, makes the larger point of, like, in Star Trek, you have these episodes where uh, the, the Enterprise would land on planets and then just, you know, do a whole episode where they changed a lot of stuff and they would just, like, go off to the next planet. And it raises the question of what happened to this planet, you know, maybe, like, a week later, a month later, a year later, or 10 years later, you know, down the line. So, it, it was nice to nice of, you know, uh, Lower Decks to address that whole issue.
0: You know, like, one beautiful line which was spoken by Marinette in this context. I don't know whether it was in the earlier side of the episode or to the later no, side. No, it
1: was, it was in the end. It was in the end. I've written it down. I think I know which line you're referring to. Uh,
0: it was, you know, that Starfleet is good at observing and bad at maintaining.
1: Exactly, yeah. And she also says that we can't just assume that people are g- going to keep doing the right thing a generation down the road. Which is, I think, the whole... Um, It sets up the whole, uh, you know, mission statement of Lower Decks, which is, yeah, like, Star Trek was about a perfect society, but you can't expect the perfect society to last forever, and it is okay to, you know, for things to change, because that's how you get to build it up again, so, yeah. Uh, Anyway, all that serious stuff aside, we get to the opening, and uh, basically, Boimler, uh, in his usual Boimler way, goes up to Mariner, And uh, he's basically like, uh, I know, you know, Captain Freeman is your mom and this and that, your Starfleet royalty, this can, you know, help my career a lot and this and that all the while uh, everybody on the ship is basically listening to this conversation and everybody finds out that mariner is captain freeman's mother and yeah so this whole thing basically creates chaos for mariner, mariner who just wants to fly under the radar and everybody starts treating her differently and uh, so she goes into a whole thing you know there's a sacramento promotion going go, coming up so she's gonna, just gonna start acting like Boimler uh, all the way and it, it looks freaky when she does the whole uh, you know neat uh, neat thing, like she looks very freaky. Uh, but it was very funny and she starts acting like Bondar, she does the Section 31 power walking. And yeah, that was all very uh, funny stuff. Uh, and the other thing is, um, you have Tendi uh, who is supposed to be a liaison for a new Star Trek cadet, cadet Ensign who is basically an exocomp robot who was, I don't remember, was it TOS or TNG? It is TNG.
0: I remember this because uh, Data made a huge speech. It was one of these robots which I think one of the scientists was using for mining activities and all of that. I think they gained sentience over time, uh, sentience, and they started repairing themselves and Data realized this. And, uh, you know... um, due to some I think obviously it's TNG so something will occur and uh, Picard will be in trouble or Riker will be in trouble or somebody is in trouble so then they decided that exocomps will be sent down to protect them from a blast or something but Data I think one of his you know famous uh, lines or famous speeches which I don't remember clearly the words but he said that you know in the measure of man as Picard defended Data as being a human and having sentience that is how Data defended exocomps that it should be their will and they should be asked first because they have sentience right and that is how the whole thing happened and that was yeah that was around what? I would say 20-30 years before Lower Decks happening? Or whatever, 10-5 yeah, years? I don't know the exact <laughs> pass, time.
1: Fast forward to the USS Cerritos and we have Peanut Hamper. Yes.
0: <laughs> but you know, one thing which like I really liked about this is when I was imagining this, ki, they found a species which had gained sentience and all of that and within this quick span of let's say 5-10 to 10 years, they integrated them into Federation and then are now bringing them into you know, as Starfleet workers. A oh, a Starfleet officers. Yeah. Worker seems the wrong word to use here. But yes, <laughs> Starfleet officers. And um, it's beautiful. Even when, you know, with Orion, like we had discussed, you know, Orion have thieves and pirates. And as Tendi was saying in the last episode, they improved five years. Like, from five years, they've been good and all of that. And, they, you know, they now have officers in the bridge.
1: No, but I mean, like, uh, just look at uh, look at uh, Saru and the whole calpian thing. You Correct. Know? Hmm. Yeah, so the turnaround time on, you know, species integrating into Starfleet. It I guess depends on uh, the people and how willing they are I guess because uh, the Orion I think have been around since the original series right but uh, I don't think they started uh, integrating into Starfleet until uh, TNG if I'm not wrong. I don't yeah, know.
0: might be. And even before original series, in Enterprise, we saw Orion's. So yeah, right, right, it, has yeah. Been quite, it, it has been really old since, you know, they came in. But yeah, I understand. But yeah, it was nice to see Exocomp back there because I was, uh, I could only visualize Data <laughs> there and his features and all of that. So yeah, that was fun.
1: Yeah. And it, the Exocomp is pretty important to the story because, um, okay, we'll get to that. But basically, uh, meanwhile, all this is happening. You have Captain Dayton of the uh, USS Rubido, who was in uh, which episode was that? The big jellyfish thing. Uh-huh. That was episode five or six, right?
0: The big jellyfish thing.
1: Yeah, Captain Dayton. You know, uh, the ship turns into a jellyfish alien. Oh
0: yes, yes. Oh yeah. Oh that. Oh that was the same captain. How did I forget this?
1: Yeah, dude. That's what it was. And she says, yeah. you know, like the the Solvang, like the as nice as the Rubido was, you know, Solvang. The ship is new and. They have this whole joke of who peeled off the sticker, which is uh, very, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a very uh, relatable thing for all of us. And everybody's basically walking around in their socks because they don't want to get uh, mud on the floor. And, uh, you know, they want the Soul to stay as perfect as possible. And what happens the very next second? A uh, ship comes in from nowhere and blasts the, you know, basically tries to take over the Soul Bang and the Soul goes tries to go to warp and we have one of the most beautiful explosions in Star Trek (laughs) which is first of all this whole scene was very reminiscent of the opening of you know the 2009 Star Trek movie Ah. yeah right down to the whole uh, you know there's a big Sun behind them and then the ship comes out and it has like mining arms and it clings to it and everything all that yeah you, you, it was very ne- reminiscent of all that but it was all so beautifully animated absolutely the Solwang looked amazing all the colors on the you know big ship the Pakled ship looked amazing and that you know explosion was absolutely beautiful uh, but yeah basically that happens they get the Cerritos gets a distress call um, they go to help out and even that shot when the seritos uh, you know comes out of warp and basically you know is in the middle of all this wreckage is very reminiscent of the uh, the 2009 movie where they come into vulcan and all the star you know starfleet ships are completely destroyed yeah so the seritos arrives to respond to the distress call they find out the solvang has been completely destroyed and the ship that destroyed it uh, attaches to them and Captain Freeman uh, basically realizes that, that they can't go to war or otherwise they'll end up like the soul line So now they're uh, captured by that ship and turns out the ship belongs to Packlets, which are their uh, villains from the basically next generation and they were kind of, they are kind of a joke basically. But do you remember that episode?
0: Because I for no reason could not remember or recognize them.
1: I did not remember either but so like I looked them up later and I like uh, skimmed through that episode Apparently, it's the episode where basically um, they act like they're dumb and helpless uh, to uh, basically lure Jordi uh, onto their ship and uh, basically hold him hostage so that uh, he'll, you know, act as their repairman of their ship. And, you know, it's one of those Jordi gets captured episodes. <laughs> but yeah. Overall, the packlets were a kind of a joke, you know, they're like fat and uh, kind of dumb and they keep repeating the same things over and over again.
0: One more enterprise, one more enterprise
1: comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Data also basically says in that episode that it's a miracle uh, how these people ever figured out space travel. But yeah, so and it it, it made me realize that uh, if our heroes are basically... Losers in Starfleet, your villains also need to be kind of losers <laughs> who you know have become powerful so. It's, it's a very, like, fun, like, uh, you need the lower-deck-type villains for lower-deck-type uh, lower lower heroes.
0: Like, for the packlets, I would say that the most funny thing was that, you know, when the packlets held Ceritos and, like, took off their, one of the warp, warp cells and they were trying to beam in, the very funny line was they were very slowly beaming in <laughs> and it was so funny to see. I'm like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, um, it's uh, okay, so... That happens and um, basically they don't have a plan. So Captain Freeman is like, um, you know, Mariner, I need you to do your thing, you know, which um, Mariner, like Boimler basically says before that um, Mariner doesn't help so much as she, uh, she creates character building chaos, <laughs> which is the same thing she's about to do right now. And she comes up with this uh, half-baked plan that uh, if the packlets are using components of different ships, they would have to have a trusting code i don't know like uh, it's a lot of techno babble how would you how do you create uh such a you know malicious virus you have rutherford bring back Badgie as well i mean
0: yeah that character is like you grow to hate that like i've heard characters you like you grow to love them but you for this character you grow to hate them
1: <laughs> yeah and it's it's like uh, the whole point of Badgy, I guess it is you have to hate it and I, I didn't mind it in this, in this episode because he was like minimally there, he, his presence were, was very minimal. So yeah, Rutherford brings up Badgy, and he disables the safety protocols and Badgy is like, I already have three vi- viruses created and Rutherford is like, you are monitoring comms? And Bajee is like, I'm always monitoring comms <laughs> and i was just like, oh wow, okay, like this is like super creepy now they just need to you know manually implant the virus onto the ship and they're like who's the best one to do it and they all look at peanut hamper and peanut hamper is like nah i'm out like just like i'm not gonna do this and she basically beams out of it and tendy is just like peanut hamper is just like she just turns on him quick uh, turns on him her them whatever quickly And like before that I also love Tandy's like whole, Tendi is such a, uh, Tandy is so wonderful because um, even when she's like, uh, she sees Peanut Hamper doing better than her, you know, in the medbay, she at first she's like kind of disappointed but then she's like, no, I'm her liaison, this is super exciting and she's like cheering for her.
0: I think one of the best character traits that she's not jealous of that whatever being or anything and I think. In the entire series, you could say that about Tendi, like when you see that a normal person would probably be agitated or react in a different way, Tendi just does the opposite and just wins our heart.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like Tendi just cannot get agitated or cannot get jealous. She does get jealous sometimes, but quickly, you know, she finds a way to turn it around and, you know, make it into a more optimistic thing. She's like a, you know, Orion Ted Lasso. What? Yeah, like an Orion Ted Lasso, you know.
0: Oh, Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. I, I heard something else. I thought it was some kind of Star Trek reference, and I'm there like, what?
1: No, no, no. I had to jam in a Ted Lasso reference. To yeah, yeah. first sure. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, so uh, Peanut Hamper basically uh, goes out of there, and um, Boimler is like, oh, no, we're all going to die, and, like, Shaxx is like, basically, not if I have something to say about it. He picks up Rutherford, you know, runs to the nearest uh, shuttle pod. They, you know, blast out of the ship and go straight towards the packlet ship. And Rutherford, like, sorry, Shaxx is like completely super excited. He's like, he's, like this is the best day of my life. And I was just like, yes, They're, like, I don't know. I have a special affinity for Bajorans in Star Trek. And seeing Shaxx in all his glory, especially after the whole season, he was like, all he wanted to do was basically fire at, a sh- fire at ships and eject cores. To, you know, see him being able to go full, uh, you know, uh, action hero kind of a thing, it was absolutely amazing. So, you have Shax and uh, Rutherford, basically they go onto the ship, uh, Rutherford is trying to upload the virus, but then Baggy stops him and he's like, um, I'll upload the virus, but only after uh, these guys kill you, which is unfortunate. I mean, seriously, like, screw Baggy. <laughs> I hate Bazzi I hate so them. much. Like, because of that, Shax had to die. Yeah, I know, because... You know, stupid Bajji couldn't like get over his daddy issues.
0: And you know, Shaxx died twice, bro. He died in the last episode as well. In that movie and now. Like, why are they killing Shaxx? Such a good character.
1: They're so ruthless. I mean, but yeah, okay. So yeah, Rutherford is like, you know, this is not happening. You know, Bajji's trying to stop him. And Shaxx is like, not if I have something to say about it. And he just basically rips off Rutherford's implant like it's you know tearing off a wrapper and you can basically see like Rutherford's brain and everything it's quite you know uh, (laughs) gory but he basically rips off the implant and uh, throws Rutherford into the ship and you know he's like hanging in there baby bear which is like a reference to episode 2 uh, where uh, Rutherford is like a security officer for two minutes basically which was you know that was the whole thing I was like I was super emotional as like he pushes the uh, shuttle pod off and the whole ship explodes, the paclid ship explodes with Shaxx in it and before exploding Shaxx you know lets out like a one final laugh like he's happy about dying which is you know the best way I think Shaxx could go he, I think
0: he's the best among both worlds from Klingons and Bajorans.
1: Yeah, he's like, like warp but also, you know, full on uh, Bajoran, he's very, like, he, I don't know, it's just, I love Shaq. Yeah, his
0: character was really good. You know, once we come to the end, we see so many changes and so many things happening that the whole, they've changed the entire plot of the new season. But okay, we'll come to that. I'm just getting too ahead of myself. But okay, they blast one ship and three more placolet ships come in, come in.
1: Yeah, and they're like, what are we going to do now and this and that? but then as like for the second time this year a ship comes in out of nowhere and starts blasting off the pack-led ships and we find out it's the USS Titan the enterprise theme starts playing oh, and yeah. who who's captaining but you know will, will riker himself with Deanna troy at his side and the titan is an absolute beast and it just like blasts all the ships out of you know space and that was like, I was, you know, the finale was already amazing. I was full emotional because of Shaq's dying and everything. And, you know, them working together to, you know, get rid of the backlight ship. But then, you know, the Titan showing up and kicking ass was just like the best icing over, you know, an already great cake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Titan reminded me, the ship also reminded me of Defiant, I think, DS9. The design was uh, yeah. very similar. Yeah. And then when you heard the first time Riker speaking and then Diana Troy, I'm like, damn. Again. This guy again came in and stole the show. No doubt about that. And Mariner apparently knows... Riker as
1: well. Yeah, because because Riker is supplying her with all the contraband, you know, all the <laughs> batlets and rapiers and, you know, the tribbles and everything. But it's it's amazing. Like, Riker is, you know, the subreddit has started calling him William the Cavalry Riker because his whole job is basically showing up in the finale of each uh, show and saving everybody's ass. It was so amazing. Like, just... You know the Enterprise theme and the Titan and Riker and it was it was perfection. Like every, we loved it.
0: I don't know. Uh, like, do you want to talk about the end? How it ended?
1: I mean, uh, you have the ending. First of all, Rutherford loses his memory, and uh, tendy is like emotional for a minute, but then she realizes they get to be best friends all over again. Again, so again that same devastated. characteristic which none of us could. Exactly, have you know she manages to turn it around, and then you have basically um, Boimler. Uh, Riker basically praises Boimler's, um, you know, heroism uh, in in these events, and he's like um, he offers him a promotion to the Titan, and Boimler going behind Mariner's back takes the promotion, and now he's a lieutenant on the USS Titan working with Bill Riker while Mariner is still stuck uh, as an ensign, you know, on the Cerritos. Yeah,
0: and you know, you see the camaraderie then, that how Mariner is upset and, um, you know, misses Boimler uh, since he got promoted and moved into a new ship. Like, you would not really accept with Mariner, but yeah, she does show the emotions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you have uh, Boimler being uh, acting all cool because, you know, he's been to Talgana 4 and they have a Bajoran district and all this stuff that they did way back in episode 2. It's pretty amazing. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, uh, Boimler has to get, de- like, uh, demerited next season, right? He somehow has to end up back on the city coast.
0: Yeah, or or you could see some more Riker in season two. Come on.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up. If uh-huh. I actually do see more Riker, amazing, but I'm not holding my breath, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would be amazing to get Riker, it would also be amazing if we got maybe Picard or, you know, Jorri or anybody like Yeah,
0: Picard is not happening for sure because Picard is getting their own new season up. So, that's not happening for I sure. Mean, yeah,
1: but but Riker was in Picard, Picard could be in Lower Decks. And most of all, most of all, what I'm excited for is Catherine Janeway is coming back for Star Trek for Prodigy Bros. Yes, yes. She could easily do Lower Decks. <laughs>
0: oh, yes, she could. But I, I don't know, um, the, I read in one of the subreddits that that probably they're trying to bring in DS9 characters as well. So, oh, yeah, wow,
1: let's, 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 let's bring everybody. Let's bring Kira. You know, you could get like, you could get so many people. You, you could know, the get the captain uh, itself. No, Cisco's gone, dude. Cisco's somewhere in heaven playing with the prophets, I guess.
0: <laughs> but you never know. But
1: they could get Miles O'Brien, bro. Like, get oh, Miles Miles O'Brien, should.
0: O'Brien. J- Miles though would be there. I'm thinking somewhere because again, he has a statue made in the future. So, he has to have done this. Always, you know, obviously, he has done everything, but probably there must be something that he has done more to deserve that statue right in front of <laughs> I,
1: my Miles was the closest thing to lower decks in next generation we had you know okay I'll just mention like uh, some quick couple of things references and stuff mm-hmm. there's initially Ke- Freeman references the games of Triskelion which is a TOS reference is it oh uh, I did not catch then, on that yeah uh, then what uh, Wolf 359 was an inside, inside oh, oh that was a funny thing <laughs> I mean technically he's right because you had Picard who you know giving all the uh information to the ball even though he was brainwashed but technically i guess it counts as an inside, inside job although changelings are real that the dominion wall did happen <laughs> let's not you know try to you know cover that up uh, one another thing i absolutely loved is setting my fists to stun and kicks to kill i mean ransom is like ransom <laughs> is like boimler if boimler was you know jacked up they're both complete dorks they love to uh, suck up to their uh superiors
0: yeah but come on damn Boimler promoted a US site and I'm still upset about that or I don't know what should I be
1: <laughs> I mean you should be upset I guess because he basically abandoned everyone for a promotion yeah
0: and he becomes such no, a jerk I... you know towards the end to and I felt really bad yeah
1: but like it's stuffy, bro what goes around comes around. around
0: no doubt about that and I'm sure in the very first episode in the first five minutes Boimler will be thrown down to Saritos back again
1: <laughs> oh let's get let's get Wesley Crusher back, back bro.
0: oh that would be fun that would be fun and you know it ultimately ties up with Riker in the end Scene when uh, he comes back, observing the finale of Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And you know, I think these are this is like basically the connection to it. So I think this is happening in the same year when Riker is uh, enjoying the inauguration of the United Federation of Planets and uh, the last episode of Enterprise, and that is what he's observing in the holodeck. Oh yeah,
1: the another great joke there. He was like, you know, I was watching the Enterprise, you know, Archer and those guys, and uh, he basically says that um, they had a long road getting from there to here is <laughs> like I I only caught that the second time I was watching it. Do you know what that reference is?
0: No, I don't know the reference. Like, what is this line referring?
1: Oh my God! You've heard this line, um, I think sixty or seventy times while watching Enterprise. Yeah. Is it like what Archer says? Uh, no. It's I really don't want to sing it. What? Do it the theme song, you know, it's been a long road. Oh damn, oh
0: shit shit, (laughs) how is this possible that I can forget it? Oh, I must be the worst Star Trek fan.
1: Even the first time even I didn't catch it, but yeah That's I mean it's such a it's such a meta-stupid joke, I love it, I absolutely love it. This episode this keeps on giving. Yeah. Like, Shaxx was about to give Mariner a batlet before he was so sadly killed.
0: And finally, Mariner did get to use the batlet in the contraband section. So. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah. did.
1: And uh, Boimler became the sword guy. Like, in episode at the end of episode 1, uh, Mariner basically <laughs> says to him, like, uh, Sulu was a sword guy and we are overdue for a sword guy. So, you know, uh, Boimler became a sword guy. Also, that, that basically, that posing for the camera, You know, all the people together, that money shot, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Ah,
0: This episode was really awesome. And uh, you know I'm, I'm uh, excited for future lower decks. I want to see what happens there. They have really changed it around. There is no Boimler. Everybody knows Captain Freeman and uh, Mariner's relationship. And Shax is no more there. I don't know whom are they going to bring in. But come on, we want somebody
1: whom we like. I think it's going to be a, a character we already know who's going to get the you know position for the new security officer. I'm hoping. I don't know. We'll see.
0: What like is it War or somebody?
1: No, mm-hmm. I don't think it's War. Would be on DS9 right now. I mean, maybe Reginald Barclay or something.
0: Oh, Reginald Barclay. Oh, but Reginald Barclay is
1: the <laughs> probably some holodeck officer somewhere. Yeah. yeah, he would be the worst security officer. I mean, why not? Maybe Harry Kim finally gets promoted. Or two, 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 uh, Kim. Yeah, Bellana. that would be nice. You could get Bellana. Bellana, oh. Bellana would if Bellana Torres be comes,
0: then Keir. Tom Paris will also come in, right? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you never know. They could be on different ships.
0: Yeah, but come on. Like, I'm sure you're gonna be beating them. But I'm, I'm not sure whether they're gonna bring these, they're huge characters for us. But I'm not sure whether they'll be bringing them for such a high prolific role. But you never know. Like, I'll be super yeah. excited if they bring them in. Uh, Bellana would be awesome, no doubt.
1: Yeah, like none of us were expecting Riker and Troy to uh, show up in Lower Decks, like it was such a well-kept secret and it was an amazing surprise, so yeah.
0: Even in Picard you knew Riker was coming in, but in this one you really did not know what would
1: happen. Yeah, so it's, it was such a nice everyone. I'm so excited for uh, future Star Trek. Now we have Discovery, we have uh, you know Picard season two. Whenever that happens, we have Lower Decks, we have Star Trek: Pro- Prodigy, Captain freaking Janeway. Yes. And yes. we also have Strange New Worlds with more Spock, more Number One, and more Captain Pike. Oh my God, uh, it just gave me chills.
0: Yeah, and I was reading in one of these you know um, Reddit threads that even though you know season 3 of discovery set in the future but because of all these years of trek shows we have some idea of what the future is going to look like majorly by the enterprise show the temporal prime directive and how
1: yeah the temporal cold war and the all temporal that cold war and happening. all
0: of that that happened so it's only probably what a century or ago here and there so it would be fun to see how they play that in i'm sure there are going to be references i'm sure they're going to be there's going to be riker there also somewhere or the other just traveling
1: through time <laughs> Yeah, why not, why not, get Riker in everything, like, oh, he can yeah. be the new... I'm, I'm sure uh, he's
0: gonna direct he can... a few, but let's see. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah.
1: You don't make a Star Trek show without uh, Jonathan Drake, you know, it's like tradition at this point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it would be fun, but you know, uh, I have a fun idea, and I'm guessing you already know how to end this episode, so...
1: But yeah, do you want to, like, 5, 6, 7, 8...
0: Oh, come uh... on, don't reveal it, I'm gonna cut it out! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this episode was amazing uh, really kudos to all the creators
1: like mike mcmahon really like made one of the best first seasons of like maybe the best first season of any star trek show no doubt uh, hands down yeah uh, like since ds9 probably
0: even even if you even if you include ds9 i would say like lower decks has the best season one like i cannot question that for sure but th- i think it has been too much for this episode uh we'll come back soon hopefully and until then thank you everyone and to close this off give me warp in the factor of 5, 6, 7, five, 8 six,
1: 7, 8
0: <laughs> ah, thank you guys and we'll meet you guys next time bye bye thank you to all the listeners I'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions
1: so bye